Welcome to Football on the Rocks, the number one fantasy football and whiskey podcast where we pour ourselves a glass and help you dominate the competition. Join us over the next few weeks as we prepare for the 2021 football season and walk you through our ultimate mock draft, position by position rankings, draft strategies, and everything else you'll need to prepare for the start of the season. So pour yourself a glass and join three fantasy football experts and whiskey enthusiasts as we guide you to the fantasy football promised land. Hello and welcome to Football on the Rocks. I'm your host, Joe Niehoff. And tonight, I am drinking Templeton Rye Whiskey. So, I got a story behind this real quick as we talk about it. This last weekend, I was in Estes Park, Colorado for a golf tournament. The Baron Classic's been going on for 41 years. My Uncle Mike introduced me to it and uh, have an absolute blast Todd Deaton and Ron Cosell, if you're listening, here's your shout out. Anyway, um, we had bought a bottle of Woodford rye, and I forgot how much I actually liked rye whiskey. So I decided it was it was necessary for me to, on this next podcast, have a rye whiskey. I saw some whistle pig, and I thought, you know, maybe I do some whistle pig. Most of them are rye. Um, but then I thought back to a guy that I met one time in an airport on my way to the Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> and he was partying. We, we had a little bit of a delay. We we're getting on the same flight. He was partying. Me and my wife were there. We were partying, having a good time on our way down. And uh, he happened to be a Green Bay Packer fan. So I didn't know that as we got started talking to me, Viking fan and stuff, all this kind of fun stuff. And he started telling me, he's like, oh, yeah, you, you like football? I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, well, have you ever been to Lambeau Field? I'm like, no. He's like, all right. Well, do you like the Packers? I was like, hell no. And he's like, all right, well, for that, you have to take a shot. I was like, okay. <laughs> and he chose Templeton Rye Whiskey for our shot. Never had it before, but this guy was like, uh, the craziest thing about him is he was a, he sold some software to Wells Fargo for like $50 million. So he was like 35 years old, rich ass millionaire doing whatever the fuck he wants, you know, enjoying himself. Um, but he happened to really like Templeton Rye Whiskey. So I decided to try it. I liked it. And I'm not shitting you the other day. I'm sitting in, or literally came back from uh, uh, Colorado and I'm, at the liquor store, knowing we're going to have one of these conversations, I found Templeton Rye Whiskey. I said, fuck it, that's what I'm drinking. So, back to the Templeton Rye Whiskey. It's very good for those that haven't had it. Um, if you like a good rye, I would recommend it. John, what do you got tonight? I'm sticking with the Maker's Mark I had with the QB podcast, the wood finishing series for the 2021 release. And this time I just added a little splash of water. And it, it really changed it up a, a good bit. You get a lot more of the dried fruity flavors. You still have that good uh, oaky flavor to it. But it, it smooths it out a little bit. You have a little bit more of the fruity flavor. And it finishes a little bit differently than last time too. A so what were more what touch of the order? tobacco. Yeah, what was your plan here? So I know you said for the the couple podcasts we're doing here on our tiers and rankings 
you were going to drink that, but what, what are you, how are you doing it? Aren't you changing up the way you're drinking it? What'd you do the first time? First time was neat. Nothing added. This time was just a little splash of water to it. And wide receivers will have a nice ice ball in it. And then with the tight ends, we'll just have it with some normal ice. Okay. Good. Like, well, you know, I've, I've always done mine uh, with an ice ball or on the rocks with some kind of ice. So I'm, I might have to join you on one of those attempts later on um, to see my, what my what my palate says. Bobby, what do you got tonight? Um, tonight, I was inspired by my children's dinner. Um, to grab, yeah, I grabbed this. Uh, Is it French... the fruit the Fruit Loop? No, no, the <laughs> French toast beer. I wasn't far um, off. It's it's uh from Hubbard's Cave, which is out of uh little town in Illinois, um, uh, Niles, Illinois. I don't know. Maybe it's a little town. I don't know. Anyways, but it's from Hubbard's Cave. Uh, it's a French toast beer, and it literally tastes like French toast. It's an imperial stout, uh, very much imperial because it's 12%. So I'm maybe going to be uh, a little bit crazy when we get towards the end of this podcast here. Um, but it's got cinnamon and maple syrup and some vanilla and it, it tastes like French toast. It's amazing. You know, I think you're crazy. You're crazy, man. Seriously. I, I don't know what it is about you and every, like, I mean, if they made a, a beer in some kind of weird ass flavor, you'd, first of all, you'd find it. Oh, talking about weird flavors. Oh, God. Um, there is a beer I just saw, and I, I, I saw it online. I got to find it somewhere. Um, it is uh, Raging Cane's chicken-flavored beer. <laughs> That's disgusting. And I really want to try it. I want to find it somewhere. <laughs> so you, You're on another level with this, all right? And by the way, yeah. if, anybody, if anybody is watching the game, just to give you a time frame of when we're doing all this, Mac Jones has just led the freaking Patriots down the field in about two minutes, and they're about to score a touchdown. At, wait. Yeah, they're, they're on the one-yard line. He started on the 20 on the one-yard line in the first two minutes of the third quarter against the Eagles. I don't know if that's a testament to, to Mac Jones. He's made some – freaking badass throws or if it's just that the Eagles defense is that fucking bad because it could just be the Eagles defense being that bad could be but let's get into what we're doing tonight so what are we here for tonight tonight is our running back tiers uh this should be a good one I know uh, a lot of people are are have asked about this uh, a lot of people are interested in, in hearing kind of our opinions on these running backs because, well, in most drafts, those first you know, 10 to, to 15 picks, there's going to be a good 10 to 15 running backs, depending on the league that you're in. So we're going to talk about our tiers here tonight. Um, I'm going to let uh, Bobby actually kick us off. Uh, he actually came up with the, uh, the name of the top tier uh, running backs for us. So Bob, why don't you explain kind of the names of our tiers uh, who you kind of started with your top tier, and then we'll dive into everything else. Well, uh, so the top tier is a lone tier. We've decided with just one player in it. Uh, I like to dub it the Pappy Van Winkle tier, the best of the best. 
Um, and that is easily Christian McCaffrey. I've gotten off my little soapbox with Dalvin Cook at the number one. Uh, I've come to see the light and understand how good Christian McCaffrey truly is. Um, just want to point out, highlight, in a PPR league, prior to Christian McCaffrey getting injured in this, uh, I believe includes his game that he was in uh, where he, when he did get injured, um, he was averaging 30 points a game. You guys, that's absolutely insane. So 30, 30 points a game last points. season or that's yeah, what he's last, averaged? last game or last season. He played those three games, I believe. Um, and he averaged 30 points a game. That's five points more than Alvin Kamara who had that, what, 60-point game or something like that, week 16 last season, um, who who was at 25 points per game uh, and ended up as the highest-scoring running back in a PPR league. Um, but he needed something as big as a 60-point game to even be close to averaging uh, 25 points. He, he was probably closer to the 24 before that game. Um Dalvin Cook, for example, 24 points per game as the number two overall running back. But 30 points per game is what Christian McCaffrey was getting. Uh, if you have the number one spot, it's an easy pick. I, like I said, I've come to see the light there on uh, on Christian McCaffrey. And the Pappy Van Winkle tier. Of Pappy tiers. Van Winkle tier. I think we all can agree that, uh, in our opinion, and again, we're talking PPR here, so keep that in mind. But I think in the in in PPR, I think we all agree, um, he is on running backs. He's the Pappy Van Winkle of the group. Any comments you have on that, there, John? No, Bobby must have sobered up for half an hour and realized that McCaffrey is a good running back. Maybe yeah. he had a real. Maybe he had like a beer that actually tastes like beer instead of beer that tastes like sugar um and that made him realize that you know he really was the best player in the draft um you know and and i I think something that's interesting here so you take out pappy right uh i think there's some interesting stuff that we have here uh john and i have a, a a debate here to i think it's worth us discussing at this point um so in my top tier beyond pappy i have dalvin cook and derrick henry and John has Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara, which ironically, from the beginning of our podcast, you guys heard me talk about Alvin Kamara and why I would have drafted him over Henry. And here I have Henry over Kamara. So, John, you know, for you, I think you are the opposite. So give me a little bit on why you don't have Henry in that same tier as Dalvin and, and Alvin. Yeah, it's because think so. they let their names end in. Vin. Alvin. <laughs> Dalvin and Alvin. Yeah. Go ahead. I think for me, it just comes down to just the reliability at, for PPR. You know, he's going to get the catches. It gives him a nice floor, and he has the upside of being the running back one or running back two below McCaffrey. I think Henry, he's getting older. He's, you know, kind of been beaten down the last couple of years. And he's not he's not going to get the catches. So can he keep up that production for another sixteen games? And I think he, I just have Kamara just slightly ahead of him. I think he can. It's more likely that he'll he'll ha- um, 
end up in the top three. I think Henry could be in the top three, or he could kind of fall down to the five six. So, looking at last season, Derrick Henry had two thousand yards and seventeen touchdowns. Uh, only caught the ball what twenty times, nineteen times. Um, can you imagine him having a better season than that? No. Yeah, and, I don't, you know, I, I don't disagree, Bobby. I don't think I can. Right. And so if you're drafting him at three, you're drafting him literally at his peak. He has to get that or better to return the value of what you're drafting him at ooh, there. Ooh, ooh, hold you're, on. You're drafting him at his and ceiling. He has to do ceiling. that or better, Bobby, is not true. Okay. His ceiling is you're drafting a guy that's getting you 21 points a game. That's really good. And at the same time, that's his ceiling. That's the but best season that he will have. You're not drafting Henry off of a ceiling. I think you're drafting Henry off of his floor. Okay, so let's explain right. that real quick. Because right. I think you're, the, you're floor between, correct. the floor between Henry and Kamara is different. Kamara absolutely has the upside between right. the two of them. I mean, if we're arguing that, he's got the upside. But if I'm looking at a guy that consistently, almost without debate, is going to get me 80 rushing yards and a touchdown every game, which what's that, 16 points? Or close to it? 12 points? What is that, 14 points? 14, yeah. So he's going to get me 14 points a week, almost, almost without question. And Kamara might have a day where he's, you know, he gets a couple catches for maybe 35 yards, doesn't score a touchdown and, and 65 yards on the ground. You know, th- there's more likelihood of his floor being lower. Not bad. Yeah. I mean, well, it's not bad. Okay, let me ask you this. point floor, right, me, versus a 16-point floor. Let me ask you this here quick, quick on Henry. He, you know, he played every single game last year, played 17 games, okay, or 16, 16 games. How many of those weeks would you say he got more than 14 points? So 16 games? How many times do you have more than 14? Uh, My guess would be 12. Eight. Number is eight. Okay. That's, That's almost, what, is that half? Yeah. Yeah. So the what, consistency what that lowest? you're saying. Well, what was his lowest? His lowest was 6.8. Okay. and that Actually, was... no, I take that back. It was 4.9 against Cleveland. Wow. I did not know that. He, so, had, yeah. he had a 6.8 against Chicago and a 9.8 against Green Bay. I mean, there were some weeks when he tanked and he didn't return the value of what you're looking at. Now, on the flip side, he had one, two, three, four games of over 35. Four points. So he he booms and he booms hard and big. And as we said, he got probably one of the best running back seasons you've ever seen. Um, but his his floor, like you said, is very high. It's it's at worst the top ten running back um, because of the volume that he's going to get. And that running back volume is king, especially. Uh, nobody's going to take any touches away from him, but he's not so much involved in the passing game. So that limits some of his upside. Yeah, um, I think when you when you look at floor for PPR, 
Kamara has is going to have 60 more catches than Henry. So that's worth 10 right. touchdowns. Right. So even if Kamara drops off, you know, six touchdowns from what he had last year, he still has that buffer. Yeah. And for Henry, he needs he needs he needs touchdowns and he needs massive amounts of yards because he's not going to get any points for catches. No. But I mean, I think we're all in agreement that they're going to go early in the draft. Yeah. It's just kind of where I have my rankings for tiers. I have the top three guys: McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, and then I have that as my tier because after those three, then I'm taking um, Adams or Kelsey at the four and five where I'm not really looking at a running back. And yeah. That's, and that's, that's how that, I have that break. And that's the whole thing too, is that guy like Adams was averaging, he averaged 25 points a game last year. And that's five, that's five more points than the massive amounts of upside or the, the volume that Henry got. You're getting five more points at that position. Um, I mean, you you could make an argument to take uh, Adams even sooner than we had in our initial mocks. Um, well, I think he's going sooner than in initial mocks too. But I think yeah. well, the one thing we got to keep in mind here: we're not talking about a a, a mock draft because in, in a lot of drafts, and if you're looking at a standard two running back, you know, league with twelve teams, that's that's starting twenty four running backs. Running backs just have a premium. So even yeah. with you know Adams and Kelsey and these guys being significantly better point scorers on a weekly basis, as as far as terms of average, these guys like Henrys and Kamaras they still jump up the draft board because they just there's so many limited, only limited number of running backs that really can truly produce starter level points. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, John talking about it again. You know, I, I think it's so back and forth with me on Henry and Kamara. It has been. I still am going to stick with Henry in this spot. You guys make very valid points. Uh, the one My only concern about- with Kamara, I want to just poke a hole there real fast. Um, Alvin Kamara, we, we really focus on him being a pass catcher. But in the games where Taysom Hill was the quarterback, and there's a possibility that Taysom Hill's a quarterback here, he had one, two, three, and then ten targets. I mean, so no catches, one catch, two catch, and seven in that in that last one. I mean, he got decimated. He was not that running back that you're drafting very high. Yeah, with but those they were kind of targets, and they weren't expecting of, that. That's they weren't expecting Hill, Hill ran right, but that's still. They were Taysom expecting Hill, Hill to be the quarterback. Now they have a year to game plan. Right. The Kamara other, the other is their concern, best player. The They're not going to – Taysom Hill is not going to win them games. Kamara will be. Right. But the other concern would be uh, Taysom Hill taking away some rushing at the goal line, which could take Kamara's rushing touchdowns down from 16, which he had, what, six touchdowns in that game against the Vikings and in, in uh, the championship weeks of most – fantasy league so let's say that's 14 or, or 12 13 touchdowns instead um i could see that potentially dipping like 10 or lower in terms of rushing touchdowns if and this is if uh Taysom hills the quarterback some of those rushing touchdowns are just gonna unfortunately be taken away from him because of the rushing quarterback that Taysom hill is and the way that he 
they would model their offense and, and run it. Um, that's why I personally uh, actually have Kamara and Henry um, at the bottom of my you know second tier with I, I got I got a bigger second tier with Cook. Elliot Barkley, Jones, then Kamara, then Derrick Henry. Um, and the main thing is the upside that comes with Elliot Barkley and Jones. Um, Jones being on a, a high potent offense. And I believe the number is seven passing touchdowns within the five yard line from last season. Um, I, I definitely see that kind of regressing down to the mean and Aaron Jones getting a few more rushing touchdowns when they get closer to the goal line. Uh, That's going to just vault his value up a little bit more. And in most drafts, you're going to probably grab Aaron Jones at that end of the first round, early second round. Um, And I would do that 100% of the time because of that potential value that's there for him. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting, Bob. You did jump him up into that second tier for you. Uh, I, I mean, I don't, and again, we're calling second tier is after Pappy. This is our super premiums. Okay. These are the guys rounds one round two. Um, so our pr- super premium cocktails here, but, uh, but yeah, I think that's, that's a good point. Um, and I don't know if I want to go too much in depth on it because he's a green Bay Packer, but what I will say, <laughs> I, I will say this about the Packers offense that absolutely potent, but Bobby, you know, you're talking about a running back or you're talking about a team that you think will throw less touchdowns inside that, that five yard line uh, when they have a quarterback named Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I just don't know that regressing to the mean makes a whole it, lot of sense. It, he's going to make his adjustments at the it's line. How, right. He's going to, he's probably, you know, I wouldn't say it regressed to the mean. And it's difficult, to be honest with you, for the Green Bay Packer offense to repeat what they did last year, period. And they also oh, have that yeah. big, meaty boy, A.J. Dillon, in the backfield, and he could be sniping the goal line carries from Jones anyway. Well, especially now because Dillon's going to be more involved, period, because uh, their other guy, uh, what was it? Ja- not Jackson. What was his name? Uh, Williams, Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is now Who's in, in Detroit. Detroit now. Yeah. So they, they lost that player. So, you know, I, I'm kind of with you a little bit, John. Didn't they call A.J. Dillon Quadzilla? I want to say they've they've dubbed him Quadzilla because of if, how big his legs are. If they haven't, we should just start it. Yeah. So it'll come from football <laughs> on the rocks because it's, it's ridiculous, that guy. It, like, he's just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and that that's why I have – well – I have Aaron Jones up there, but another reason Aaron Jones is the pass catching back in a pass oriented offense. Uh, I think AJ Dillon had all of one catch last season. Granted, he was uh, not very involved in the offense, but even when he was, he wasn't running routes. He was running the ball. You can just look at his legs and know that his job isn't to catch passes. Um, But I will say you should, you should put like, like Dillon, Next to Mac Jones, or no, even better yet, put Dylan next to Zach Wilson, who's like a child on the Sorry Jets. <laughs> you just had to put them next to each other. Oh, I had to throw in Sorry Jets. <laughs> that was for you, JC. But put them next to each other, and then you'll just be like, I would predict that Zach Wilson's legs, like two of them, could sit, could fit inside of one of Dylan's legs. Yeah, or I'm sorry, Quadzilla's legs. Um, oh, right, you know, let's... we should call him Quadzillin. 
Um, no, no, moving no. on to no, our next tier. Um, I, my my second tier is, albeit I think, a little bit bigger than your guys's. Well, this is technically your third tier. So Bobby's yeah. now going from super premium into premium. Yeah. And, no, you're and going I'm, from. Yeah. I think tier two is. So you, we were in top shelf with the top guys, right? Oh, Pappy, that's right. Okay. Top, yeah. shelf. top shelf. Super premium. Super that's where premium. you're kind of back end. I look at as back end of the first round going into the early second round guys. Okay. Yeah. So our top shelf here, Bobby, uh, in our case, was was two players. And your top shelf, Bobby, was was six. So Bobby's top shelf went down to Derrick Henry. Um, and yeah. included Zeke, Barkley, Jones, Kamara. John and I have those players uh, for the most part, in our super premium shelf. Right. Uh, and just to give you an idea of our super premiums, John's super premiums include Henry, Elliot, Barkley, Eckler, Aaron Jones, and Jonathan Taylor. Mine's a little bit more expansive, um, and I'll talk on that in a little bit. But Bobby, why don't you talk a little Well, Bobby's already kind of mentioned that, so let me talk on the yeah, mine, my, mine my have been super talked premium about here um, because I think it's a good spot to explain where I look at these this tier of running back. So, this tier of running back, I actually have it going all the way down to Joe Mixon as my – he'd be my 15th ranked running back. So these are guys that are, are late first round or mid to late first round, um, possibly into the second round. Uh, and I included in my tier here pretty much every running back that I believe is going to dominate their backfield, but not only dominate their backfield in the sense of carries and touches and catches, but actually still be productive. Like, so, for example, mine is Kamara, Elliott, Taylor, obviously those guys. I have Nick Chubb in there, Aaron Jones, uh, Najee Harris, uh, Kyle or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Antonio Gibson, and then Joe Mixon rounds mine out. Uh, I have those guys all as a big, big pile. Now, I still rank them, but I have them as a big pile because I think every one of those guys, if you're looking for a RB1, these guys all have the ability to be an RB1 this upcoming season. That's a top 12 running back. Everybody on that list, I believe, has the ability and has a very, very good shot of being an RB1 by the end of the season. Anybody past that to me, I don't think does. And I, ha- I was really close to putting DeAndre Swift into that mix, but I just think it's going to be more of a timeshare there than we originally predicted. So I, I moved mm-hmm. him out. So that's why my tier is large there in my super premium because they're still high upside for RB1 type scoring. Not saying that every one of them will. Okay, I understand that, but that's I think the the roles in their offenses of what they're playing gives them that chance to be an RB1, so I have them in that super premium. Yeah, and I think when I look at super premium, I'm looking at here here are the guys where you know, when you compare them to kind of the top four wide receivers we have, I'm kind of mixing them together. I'm not taking, um, uh, like, none of these guys would fall, or kind of, these guys kind of fall in line with the top four or five receivers that we like. And I think the, yeah, the main difference is the, the guys lower on your tier, I'm taking kind of at the back end of the second round. I don't, mm-hmm. don't really like taking them early in the second round. And that kind of starts with, you know, Nick Chubb for me. Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor are the difference. I was a lot higher on Taylor when we did our mock draft, but with the, with the injuries and then with how they've talked about how they're going to use Marlon Mack and Nakeem, Nakeem Himes, 
I think it's going to be a lot more with timeshare, but I think over time, Taylor's just going to win that out just based on skill. Yeah, his talent's just going to win out, and they're going to be forced to just give him the ball more and more. Obviously, those early foot injuries to both quarterback and their best offensive linemen kind of knocked him down a little bit, and maybe you're actually getting a little bit of a value from him now that you can get him in, you know, that end of the first, early second, because he was consistently prior going picks probably six, seven, eight um, overall. And so you can get him a little bit later now, which is, yeah. Cause which I is think nice. his ultimate upside is higher than uh, like he could end up higher than Henry or Barkley, but mm-hmm. uh, I think he, he has a few more question marks and it sounds, it seems like as of now Wentz, and Nelson are going could start week one, so I think that's as it, if your draft is closer to, you know, when week one starts, maybe Taylor moves up more. Um, but he he's just one of the guys who I've liked a lot in the past who I've moved down, but just keeping an eye on. Well, I think John, you had a really high upside on him. I know we moved him pretty high in our our uh, mock draft um, because of the the you know, the, the, the fan you had towards him, uh, in a sense. So I, I agree, uh, Bobby, now we're going to get back into tier, uh, uh, I guess really tier three. I mean, yeah. I don't know if there's anything more you guys want to add to this tier. Obviously we've talked a good bit about these guys and our mock drafts and stuff like that, but that gives you an idea of where we mm-hmm. begin to see some separation. Um, I like to talk here a little bit about Bobby's, uh, third tier. So this is when we get from super premium into premium. Um, Bob, I noticed one guy you got you have in here, uh, and John and I have him both down in you know a little bit later. But uh, as far as just overall ranking, David Montgomery, I, I want to talk a little bit about him. He's a bear, don't get me wrong. Um, so he's not always my favorite. But let's talk a little bit about David. You know, you put him in here with uh, your third tier is Ceh Mixon, Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, and DeAndre Swift. Why don't you talk a little bit about it? Um, well, so with with. Uh... With Montgomery, I mean, we all saw what he did at the end of last season. It was a little bit insane, the the production that was coming out of there. Um, he, he put up, I think, from week 12 on last season, he put up at least 18 points every single week. Um, he, he showed, hey, you, you give me the ball, I'm going to produce. And that's what he did. Um, weeks 13 through 17, he scored at least a touchdown. Actually, um, I can even back that up a little bit for the week 12 on, like I said, touchdown every single week, about a hundred yards in uh, total production every single week. He was a tier one type of running back. I mean, like I said, averaged a little bit over 20 points a game. And as I mentioned both before with, uh, with fantasy production at that point, you're talking Derrick Henry's best season ever, 20 points per week. Um, and the number three overall running back for the for the course of the season. Um, he's got a better quarterback. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. Uh, he's got a better quarterback than he's ever had before, and he has shown that he can demand the volume. Um, yeah, you maybe look at uh, Tariq Cohen coming back from his injury as someone that might take some of that production away, but he's – he has kind of his own little scat back kind of a role. Um, 
and, and I don't see Montgomery's receiving going down too much. He had 68 targets last year, 54 catches. Um, that will probably stay right around that same kind of production, which is a little bit better than Dalvin Cook um, in terms of what you're getting for receiving there and a nice consistent target share as well. So I, I, I want to jump in here because I want to talk a little bit about it too. We've talked about him before on our podcast, so let's not take up too much time here. But um, what I will say is, uh, first of all, Terry Cohen will absolutely eat into his uh, touches, especially on the wide receiving side. Uh, the other thing I will say, that then the reason why I haven't dropped him down too far is because he does play for Chicago. They do have a very good defense, and they're going to run the ball a good bit. So he's going to be up there. I think he's a, he could be somebody that people could look at as a steal in some drafts coming in because I think a lot of mocks have him in round three, round four, um, maybe even the j- jumping into round five depending on you know how your draft falls out. Uh, but he could be somebody that could be kind of sneaky pick. Um, John, do you have any sneaky picks in here you want to talk about? Not, I don't have too much. I mean, I look at tier – our kind of premium tier is the guys I'm drafting kind of in the mid to back of round two. I think the guy who's been moving up more and more for me is um, CEH. And I just don't see, I mean, we have McKinnon there. I don't see McKinnon really battling him. And I think in his second year, um, I just think that Reed is going to get him involved. And I just believe a lot in that offense and that they're going to have a lot of fantasy points coming over there. And I I think I'm just moving him up on his, he has, you know, top five upside uh, where I don't see that in the other guys here. So he's moved up a bit from me from when we did our initial draft. So one thing I want to point out too, just going back to Montgomery for a quick second. I have him as running back 15 on my list. Joe, you say I'm, I'm higher on him, but you actually have David Montgomery at number 17. John is at 16 right in the middle. Um, so it's not like we're far off in terms of how we rank them, um, if you want to look at peer rankings. But as we're looking at tiers, yeah, I do have him higher tiered up than you do, and that maybe just has to do with my bigger tier uh, with that top shelf tier. It, yeah, it no, and be... that's what I was saying. I wasn't saying I was that far off on him, Bob. I, I, I just was saying you do have him higher than us. I, I, he was somebody I noticed that I thought we'd talk about. So, oh. Bobby, in, in this range of people for you, so where – so you have CEH, Mixon, Montgomery, Jacobs, and Swift. What? Yeah. Where, where, where are you targeting these guys the, in this, this is, tier? For me, this is round uh, maybe early third – early to mid-third round, um, fourth-round guys. So I can yeah. see David Montgomery falling somewhere into the fourth round, um, picking him up somewhere between overall picks in the 30s to 40s. Yeah, and I, I see this is where I think we separate ourselves a little bit. So like right. Elayer and Mixon to me, like Elayer's and and Mixon are both above in an above tier for me of this one. Because um, mm-hmm. I think those guys are both second round picks, almost without question. I, I think you're stretching yeah. to see David Montgomery in the third round. I think he's – again, I, I'm not saying it's a – like I have him in this next tier down, but I do still think you're stretching yeah. to see him there. I have him surrounded by well, you know, Gaskin, Sanders, yeah. Jacobs. Those guys are all third round at best 
Yeah, um, see, I see David back. Montgomery as a guy that if you went, let's say you went wide receiver, tight end, or or you you did kind of that zero RB type of a thing, David Montgomery is 100% someone that you're going to grab in the third round, mm-hmm. and he's going to be your number one running back, and he's going to be on a good offense. I mean, yeah. let's and face that's it, not the, bad, that's the not Bears bad are putting together a good offense. And, and he's someone that you'd be happy coming out of that with, hey, I got Adams. I was able to pick up someone maybe like Calvin Ridley, or I, I took um, you know uh, another top tier uh, another top tier wide receiver, um, and then I got David Montgomery. I mean, I'd be happy with that if that's what I was coming out with. Yeah, I got you. All right, let's move on to the next one as we kind of go down this path. The next one, the very first name that John has in the what we call the call tier, okay is Chris Carson. We had a bet earlier in the season on Chris Carson. Uh, also in this tier is Daryl Henderson. I think he's a good one for us to talk a little bit about tonight because we haven't spent much time on him. Uh, and I think he's somebody that uh, our listeners might be interested in, in hearing kind of where he's being drafted and why. Um, why don't you guys elaborate a little bit? Anybody else you want to talk about in here? Why don't you guys go ahead and get, get started on our call? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think for, for Carson – the the main question with him is always is he going to play sixteen games? Mm-hmm. But I mean, he still is the guy in Seattle, and a lot of the other guys here. I mean, we have I have them a little bit higher than Montgomery. I have them. I mean, I I kind of have them where I would draft them, kind of very close. Um, but I mean, for for Carson, he's just you know. He's the guy in Seattle. I think they like him more. I think they're going to try and run the ball more just to, to kind of ease off of Russell. Um, I think, you know, Russell's running has been going down and down the older he's gotten. So I think the the worry about um, Wilson sniping his goal line carries comes down a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think just the word out of Seattle from kind of what I've read and what I've been hearing is that he – the the coaching staff just wants to rely on him more this year. I think if you look at how Seattle's year went last year, I mean, they threw the ball a ton, and then it just seemed like the wheels fell off and their offense wasn't clicking more. I think they'll, I think they'll try to kind of establish a more consistent tempo with um, running the ball with Carson. And that, so th- that may be the only way that they will win games in their division with the high uh, tempo that they're going to face with what San Francisco is probably going to look like um, with the, my MVP and the, and the uh, Cardinals offense is going to be a, a higher octane offense going there. Um, and then, I mean, you look at a McVay offense, same sort of thing. People are going to try and push the envelope, score lots of points and the way that Seattle's going to have to try and win these games. I don't see them winning track meets this season well so let me make a point and i've said this before i think when we get into a draft the 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 picks that you make in between rounds three to around six or seven make or break your season so Mm -hmm. i think for the most part there's a pretty heavy agreeance with most people that a lot of the guys we've already talked about are first second maybe creeping into the third round picks But these guys are the ones that are going to be your number two running back, maybe your number three, which turns into a flex, and that's going to make a big difference on your team. So this is where you got to hit. 
you have to hit these picks right. And I think there's some guys in here that, you know, are either in this tier or in what we call our moonshine tier, which is the next tier down, um, that are worth having a conversation. One that I think is sneaking by drafts that could be very good is Mike Davis. He's the running back in Atlanta. I don't think there's a whole lot of competition there for him. Mm -hmm. Um, He's probably going to get 75% of the carries. And he, it's not like he can't catch the ball in the backfield. I think last year when he took over for um, CMC, he was he was a serviceable top type running back um, that could have some 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 good upside. I actually right. have him in my premium tier, um, which ends in my premium tier with Kareem Hunt because I think after Kareem Hunt, on these lists of players, you're taking a lot of risk on guys that are totally unknown. Um, so with you guys here, uh, just looking through your tiers. You know, there's a guy there. You have Daryl Henderson. He's a little bit of a wild card. These are guys you can take risks on uh, and have them as either your second or third running back. And if you hit, let's say he's your second running back, well, that means you probably took two, you know, more top-tier wide receivers and you're getting into round four, maybe round five, and you're looking at Daryl Henderson and saying, okay, yeah, you know what? It makes sense for me to have somebody like him there. Um, so I think that's that's kind of the, the, the piece I'm looking at here is you really got to look through these guys. And I think it starts at about Chris Carson and ends at about Raheem Mostert. Okay, so if you're looking at the, the draft boards and, and such, I think those are the those are the picks. If you can if you can throw the dart and hit on that dart in those areas, I, I think you have a really good chance of being very good for your fantasy football season. So I think as we kind of wrap up running backs here, I know there's some guys we haven't talked about that I'm sure you guys like. Uh, we're getting into our moonshine, our well, and as we scroll a little bit further down our uh, our names of these, we have the toilet wine uh, and even some club soda as we get even further down the uh, the overall uh, rankings and tiers that we've created. But, John, anybody else you want to kind of highlight, talk about, um, maybe in the moonshine tier or anything else that you really want to have some some words on before we wrap up the running back tiers. Yeah, I think one guy in one guy I was high on kind of earlier in the year, DeAndre Swift. I've had him drop quite a bit. I was the highest on him earlier. Now I think I'm the lowest. I'm just worried about his injury and how he's been looking in camp this year. So I think he's someone I've dropped down to. You know. You know, low end round three, round four, um, and then kind of the the guys I like in the moonshine. I think these are the guys I'm looking for round five, round six that can really kind of take off. I think someone who's moved up um, as I've kind of thought more about how I want to draft this year is James Robinson. I watched the Jags' first preseason game, and Robinson looked like someone that they were going to run their offense through. He definitely seemed to be more involved. Granted, it's the first preseason game, but, you know, the thought of Travis Etienne diving into the carries that James Robinson is going to have, John, I think I'm with you. I think think it's more of a separation there than what initially might have been thought. I think in a PPR league, Etienne absolutely has some upside. I think that's kind of where they see him and that offense at least to start. Um, so it might be one of those things, in my opinion, with James is early on he's going to be a good pick. The first, I think, five to seven weeks of the season, James Robinson could win you some weeks. Like he, He's going to be very 
involved in offense at the very beginning. But come week seven to 12, depending on how their season is going, I can see ETN getting a little bit more involved, having a little bit more to do with the, the offense, maybe giving him a couple of rushes. Uh, but either way, I think James Robinson is still their goal linebacker too. So I think there's more value there, too. I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, the other two I've, I've really shot down have been Miles Sanders and Miles Gaskin. I think Sanders, he's just been fumbling the ball. He hasn't been running well. And I think that's going to be a true committee. And then when you look at how Miami used Gaskin in the first preseason game and then how their coaching staff talked about how they're going to use their running backs, that sounds like a true committee too. So, I mean, Gaskin was someone who earlier was going in the second round. And now I'm not really comfortable taking him really until round six. But he's still... Like I feel like this happens in Miami every every year. It's some the some guy hits who you're not expecting that to hit. There's gonna be some value, but you're just kind of it doesn't seem as clear of a picture as I think people figured it was gonna be. Yeah. And Miles Gaskin is a is a big talent. Um it, it's a shame that they've even said like, Hey, we're we're probably gonna go with a hot hand kind of approach each week. Um, hopefully that's Gaskin every week, but imagine, imagine taking a, a, an approach like this where you grab, let's say you're lucky enough and you can take Travis Kelsey and then you grab a wide receiver. Let's say it's Stefan Diggs in the second round, pair that with your next three picks being running backs and you grab Dave Montgomery, you grab your Mike Davis, and then you throw in. Um, Miles Gaskin. You, know, you could end up with three r- really good running backs that are going to be solidly in that, you know, 12 to 22 every single week if Gaskin hits and does all this stuff. Um, again, you're, that's why we have those moonshines. If they, if they hit, they're going to hit big. Um, and so that's somebody that I might target a little bit more. I'm a little bit higher on the, the Gaskin and Miles, the Mileses, Miles Gaskin, Miles Sanders. Uh, they're at the top of that that uh, fourth tier for me, or that, that fifth tier, actually, I should say, uh, for me. So someone that I'm a little bit bigger on, um, they're, they're in that same area as Etienne and uh, Carson, J.K. Dobbins, and even Mike Davis. But if you can grab a couple of those guys, I mean – you have the potential for something big there. Yeah, I like the construction of that team. You just kind of went through. All right, any other guys that we want to talk about tonight? I mean, obviously, we went through a little bit of our tiers here. Um, we're going to post some of these. Uh, we're probably going to try to put together somewhat of a consensus if we can. Uh, we're going to start getting a little bit more involved on our uh, Instagram uh, and some other sites so you guys can see some of our, our tiers as we kind of create them. Give us time on that one. Can't yeah. anything. <laughs> you know, I know I know no one's ever excited to drink club soda, but one guy who I have in there who I think he, you know, could be, you know, a real kind of sleeper this year is the guy who had over 100 rushing yards and a touchdown in week one of the preseason and has two rushing touchdowns today, and that's Ramondre Stevenson for yeah, the Patriots. Yeah, he's doing big stuff, man. I mean, I, and he can actually catch the ball, unlike Damien Harris. So mm-hmm. he, 
I think he's a guy who, you know, he might not – he's someone you can get after round 12. You're not going to play him for probably four or five weeks, but he's someone who you could keep on your bench. And then they're going to realize Damian Harris and Sony Michelle aren't that good. And then yeah. he might just end up being the guy in New England. Yeah. I think that's, that's he, something that realistically could happen, but he could also, yeah. you know – do nothing. And, you know, guy. we just finished our sleepers uh, the other day, but that's like, to me, that's a deep sleeper. Yeah. I mean, he's technically third on the depth chart. He's technically barely making the team, guys. I mean, how many teams keep more than three running backs? So, like, Lots. if you really look at it, but but that running back group is so tight from a, like, true, like, you know, we don't know what the Patriots really think of each one of them, but I, I really feel like if from the outsider looking in, you're like, well, Sonny Michelle's kind of getting old now, and he's not doing as good as he once thought they might have done. The question Harris is, really took over last year, and Sony's not healthy, and you know, well, then this other guy comes in. Well, who's he? You know, so I, I think that's a good point. You're, you're missing James White and all that too, Joe. James White doesn't run the ball. He, yeah, but yeah, he's but a running back by by position. He's, he's he is a wide receiver at. as far as they're concerned. Yeah. All right, you f- you forget that sexy Rexy is no longer there. And he right. can just slide into that position. But the way that you're talking about the Stevenson character is similar to like grabbing Raheem Mostert, but then Trey Sermon is maybe the guy that you actually want long term. Um, Javante but, Williams is a guy that a lot of people are drafting, but at the beginning of the season, they're still going to be playing a lot of Melvin Gordon. Um, and so, but Trey, Trey Sermon, of... Sermon's going in the seventh, eighth round. So you need to invest yeah. a lot to get him. Stevenson's like you're drafting free. him when kickers are going. Right, you're drafting him for free. Um, one guy that I like as kind of a, a deeper sleeper to go off of that is Giovanni Bernard. He's now in Tampa Bay. Um, he, we know he's a pass catching back, and who likes pass catching running backs more than Tom Brady? Nobody. That's the answer. Um, so. <laughs> I see him as someone who, again, you can get in those later rounds as well um, that could have some pretty good value later on in the season. Now he has some competition with Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, uh, but if he's able to you know, get some kind of rhythm there uh, with Tom Brady, he, he could see find himself out on the field a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All righty. Anything else? as we kind of wrap this up tonight. That's all I got for tonight. One, one thing to, to note, um, looking at the backup running backs for your premium, super premium running backs. Um, you're probably going to, pro- I don't know what round, what round should you start taking those guys? What the handcuffs? Make sure, yeah. To make sure that you get your like Chuba Hubbard's and your Alexander Madison, um, Tony Pollard, like when should you start grabbing those guys to make sure that you're handcuffing and getting that guy because they have no value unless the person above them gets injured or something happens and they're not able to play, right? They're, that's the only way that these guys have value. But when they do have value, you know, I got to start this guy because he's a so, top 10 guy. So I think it's just my personal opinion. You take him before your backup tight end. You take him before any kickers. You take him before your defense. 
and you take them after you are comfortable with the depth you've created at wide receiver running back. So that could be, to me, that could be round anywhere from round 10 to round, you know, round 10 through 13. Yeah. Somewhere in that range. If you don't have the the first running back, I, I think you wait. Yeah. Right. So you're you're taking him like, oh shit, he's still available, and you're round yeah. fourteen or fifteen. Okay. Well, now I might be able to, you know, barter a trade with you know the guy that has Cook because I took Montgomery, right? Um, but I think if you have one of those guys, I, I think you're looking at taking him or, or taking those type of players. Uh, it, the earliest is round ten, and I think that's a little. Uh, that's a little. Yeah. Early. And, and to your I'm point, you're probably like not going to 12, maybe 13 is, yeah. is more on the early side for me. What are you one to grab? Let's say you didn't draft cook. Are you one to grab Madison as a, just like a naked Madison in a sense where if you I don't... can get, if I can get him in round 14 or 15 in a, in a, say a yeah. 16, 16 round, round draft. Of yeah, course. Absolutely. I call yeah. that the Bobby strategy, it, right? It draft, Bobby take strategy. everyone else's handcuffs and then, Try to get you know around five six starter for the yeah handcuff. yeah because they do it. God, you're such a dick. That's the Bobby right. special. Uh, anyway, so any any last words, guys? Let's wrap this one up. I think we've we've talked a good bit about running backs for everybody. Uh, anything else on our last words for tonight? Bobby, you're my favorite media. in the toilet wine tier. Oh, thank you. you uh, I know how to make <laughs> toilet wine now that I work at a jail. Oh my god! <laughs> and that's on why, that that's note, why you're firmly placed in there. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, on that note, we're done. This is it. I'm wrapping it, guys. Thank you. We'll follow see you us, next time. Follow us social media. Your, hopefully, football, enjoy your drink or two. Football OTR on on most social medias. Email us with any questions or comments. Football OTR at gmail.com. Bye. Leo.